listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Our hearts cry this morning. Jesus is that we just want you. We just want you, Jesus. We're in love with who you are. We're in love with who you are. Our Savior. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. In this place this morning, would you direct our paths would you consume the desires of our hearts and make the mission that you've called us to the forefront the heart our hearts cry that with everything every fiber of our being that we would run after you run after who you are would you come in like a fire would you burn away anything that you don't want to be to be in our lives. We present ourselves to you this morning. And we're thankful that you've met us here. Jesus, you're amazing. 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 It's a good thing the worship went a little longer today because I was having a. Jesus had me all hot and bothered. Worship team, you guys are amazing. How do you follow that up? Sean, when you shouted, I'm telling you, I had to get on my face. But it's so true because he is the mighty God. And with every, everything, everything that we have, we ought to shout his praise. Quit it, Sean. Trying to get going here. Because now, I don't have a lot of time to get through what I need to get through. But bless God. He's so amazing. I'm honored and I'm humbled to be able to bring a word that I felt God dropped in my heart. Um, he's so He's so faithful. I was reading in Hebrews this week, 
Hebrews is an amazing book. There's so much deep teaching and truth in that book. And as I was reading in my own personal study, God began to speak some things to my heart that kind of tie in with a lot of the messages that have been spoken this summer. Um, Whether it be Deanna's message last week and Megan started off the summer by speaking about rest. And I have, I have some thoughts that I want to share with you because I believe, that, I believe that this is a very important transitional period as we're ending summer and we're heading into fall. I, I believe that there's something, there's something that God is endeavoring to do in the spirit realm. That as we've taken the summer to rest, that it's, that it's time to begin to put your f- foot to the plow so to speak. So I'm going to read a a few scriptures out of the the book of Hebrews. I'm in the New King James. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 is is where I'm going to start reading, but I want to to build a a context of, of what Luke is writing about here in the book of Hebrews. So Hebrews is actually, in in chapter 4, he starts by talking about rest and how even God who probably doesn't need to rest after he created the world he rested he took a step back and he I'm sure he was amazed with it with what he had created but it's interesting that this, this portion, and, and I believe that it, it will come alive once I get to what I'm speaking about. It's amazing that first he talks about rest here. And then as we read through to the end of chapter 4, there's some, there's some things that happen along the way, and then it points to Jesus. So, He starts by talking about rest, and then in verse 11, we pick it up and it says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. The disobedience he's talking about is the people of Israel hardening their hearts before this. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And it's it's interesting because the heading of my my Bible talks, it, it says the word discovers our condition so so first Luke is telling us that we need to enter his rest then what Luke is saying that we need to enter his word that as we're resting that's that's the time to get into his word because what it does is it opens up our hearts and it shows us the condition that we're in Isn't that amazing? 
that in the midst of our lives, in the midst of what is going on, we can take a minute, take a step back, like, like the creator of the universe did when he, when he created everything. We can take a look back, we can take a step back and look at our lives and begin to see, oh, I've got, I've got something here that, that Holy Spirit wants to deal with in my heart. And, and let me say this, that as we do that, he loves that time. He loves that time with us. Because those are the moments when he's mapping out what our next steps are. When, when we allow him to work on our heart, our path becomes clearer. I know I'm preaching good, as Joan would say. So it's it's interesting because he he says rest first. What's what's going on in your heart? And I, I love the way that Deanna said it last week, how how she like put herself in the story and how we as we as believers we can put ourselves in this scripture okay so what are you trying to do in my heart adam be diligent to enter his rest be be diligent to enter his rest and enter the word because it's able to separate the things of the world from the things that he is calling us to the things of the spirit and the things of the soul because sometimes your soul wants to take you in a direction <laughs> that might not necessarily be the way that God intended you to go. I am a living, breathing example of that. Every time I've tried to do it, mind, will, and emotions, that's what the soul is, Adam gets himself into a mess. But thank God, and this is where I'm heading, thank God that we have access to grace. Because, and mercy, Man, where would I be if I didn't have access to his mercy? Okay, not in my notes, but at this point, I might as well just ditch him. Verse 14, and this is, this is where I want to focus the remainder of my time, among some other scriptures. We'll see if we get there. Seeing that, seeing then that we have a great high priest thank you Jesus who has passed through the heavens Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin 
Let us therefore come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in, to help in the time of need. Church, I've come today to tell, to tell you, to tell myself that we need to live in a state where we are running to the throne of grace, where we can obtain mercy, where we can obtain the grace that we need to get through this life. Because when we try to do it on our own, Humans are messy. <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is take a look around at what's going on in the world, and you can see that humans are messy. But with his grace, but with his mercy, with, with what Jesus did on the cross, we as the people of God are called to go out there and help because his grace will clean up the mess. His mercy will clean up the mess. Hebrews chapter 10. It elaborates a little bit more about Jesus as our high priest. It's interesting because in the Old Testament, the high priest used to have to offer sacrifices at a lot of times throughout the year to atone for the people's sin. And then Jesus, who is our great high priest, is now sitting at the right hand of God. and He made one sacrifice. One sacrifice. And for eternity our sins are atoned for. I mean, we still have to repent. But one act of surrender changed the course of history for humanity. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Jesus. So, I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, where it talks about Jesus as our high priest and holding fast to our confession. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold, the conf hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider not one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day coming. He who promised is faithful. 
church. This is not coming out how I thought it was going to come out. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's, it's amazing because what it's saying here is that Jesus, his flesh was pierced. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 53, it, 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 it's actually the most descriptive prophetic insight to what Jesus was going to go through. And because of the veil being torn when his flesh was torn, that was symbolic, we now have access to the throne of grace. Let's, let's take a minute to, to weigh the significance of that. One act over 2,000 years ago, the laying down of his life because he saw each and every person who's in this room and who doesn't know him yet. One act of his flesh being torn eliminated the veil that was between man and God. So that now, forever, we have access to the one who created the universe. Feel the magnitude of that statement. And, and it says that you're to come with an open heart. So that doesn't mean that you got to clean your act up to go into the throne room. That means that if you have a bad attitude, you can still go in because it says an open heart. And when you go in with an open heart, he is able to change you. And you're able to obtain that mercy. And you're able to obtain that grace. And it's, it's, it's amazing because it says, draw near with a true heart, with full assurance of faith. So having faith that, that he can save you. Having faith that you can obtain that mercy and obtain grace. And again, here we are talking about, it talks about the word, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. The pure water it's talking about is the water of the Word of God. And as we wash ourselves with this Word, because we've already been made clean by the blood of Jesus, when we wash ourselves clean with this, it takes away all of the, the soul that I was talking about in Hebrews chapter 4. And, and, and I believe what this is a depiction of is, is locking eyes with Jesus and looking at who he is because he was the word made flesh. And that as we do that, we're infused. We are infused with his grace.
we're empowered by his Holy Spirit. Because it says, boldly approach the throne of grace. Well, Jesus is forever in the throne room. So when we're going through it, you know, life, I'm going to keep it PG here. When we, when we access that amazing mercy and that amazing grace, all those, all those things that have haunted us, because let's face it, everyone has a past. I know I have a past. Whether it be trauma, sickness, hurt, poverty. When we go and we sit at his feet and lock eyes with him, All those things, not that they, they, they don't still hurt, but they begin to matter less and less. Because we are enthralled by who he is. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm cutting a lot out, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Matthew chapter 14. And I'm just going to cruise through this because I'm going to give it over to Megan here right away. This is the, it's Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. This is where Jesus has told the disciples to go to the other side. And he's going for a walk. You know, just casually walking on the water. And in the midst of the disciples going to the other side, there's a storm that arises. How many of you know that life has storms arise every once in a while? And and this is a very familiar passage. So the storm is going on and The, the disciples and everyone on the boat see someone walking on the waves. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my natural mind would be like, what in the world is that person doing? It's a raging storm and they're just out for a casual walk. I'm getting there, Sean. So I'm going to read it. I'm just going to read right through to the end of verse 33. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent away the multitudes. And, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening come, he was alone there. 
But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Contrary here means an opposite force. So if you're, if you're going into a wind, it's coming straight back at you. That's very profound. Because I know that when you begin to step out, that, that wind of opposition can sometimes come straight at your face. And that's why we need to be able to run to the throne of grace. Anyway. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and begin, and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who, who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, Truly, you are the son of God. And as I, was, as I was preparing for this message, I just felt in my heart that, that, the, that there's some people, and maybe myself included, that maybe because of the circumstances of life, you've become afraid to get out of the boat again. You've been hearing Jesus calling saying, come. You can trust me. That maybe because out of the, you've gotten out of the boat before and you, you've, begin, you've began to walk, but then circumstances came right at you and you began to sink because you took your eyes off Jesus. I, I, I can see it. It's like Jesus is reaching his hand out. Don't worry, I got you. You can walk again. It's not over. You are still called. You still have mercy. Oh, but I've gone too far. No, you haven't. His blood was enough. He knew all the things that would happen in your life. His blood was enough. His mercy is enough.
His grace is enough. Because he who is promised is faithful. And now I ask myself the question, how do I land the ship, Joan? Listen, church. When we get out of the boat, when we run to the throne of grace, the people around us take notice. The people will see who you're reaching out for. They will see who you are looking at when you are walking on the water. And they'll want it too. Because they, especially... (laughs) especially if they know a little bit about your past. <laughs> he, it's just amazing to look throughout history and the people that God used. One of the chief persecutors of the Israelites became the one that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Killing those people. Killing Christians. He used him mightily. Do you hear him calling, come? All I know is me, myself. I can't speak for you. But I, I pledge my life to, to get out of that boat like Peter. When I hear him saying, come, that I would be courageous enough in my heart that I would have entered his rest first and known the condition of my heart to be able to say yes. Because that's what we're here to do. And I love what Charity was saying about our hearts just say yes. May we live in a constant state of saying yes knowing with full assurance that we have access to this. Knowing that we have access to that throne of grace. Knowing that we are washed clean by His blood and the Word that renews us. Amen? Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.